welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. So, for many of us, it's getting to be that point in the winter when it feels as if it may never end. It may never end. And in a certain way, this is a wonderful parallel to our practice. Because it's often when we reach that point of just weariness, weary of winter, weary of pandemic, weary of ourselves, that we can let go. There can be a softening and something new sometimes can appear. But I know the last thing you need to hear on a cold February night is any kind of lecture. So I wanted to invite you to think of your favorite stories. And you don't have to perform or, or say what they are. But think about what you naturally go towards sometimes. And I was thinking, one of mine is the Count of Monte Cristo, the idea of being unfairly imprisoned. Oh, I love that story. And another one that I wanted to share with you, I've shared it before, but this is a new twist, is Rumpelstiltskin. How I I go to that fairy tale like water rolling downhill. So for those of you who haven't thought about it lately or read it, I just wanted to recap that in this tale, the fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin, there is a very poor miller. In most fairy tales, millers are very, very poor. And he somehow has an encounter with a king. And, and he's inspired. He's so full of unworthiness and a desire to present himself in some puffed-up light that he immediately blurts that he has a daughter who isn't as beautiful, but she can spin straw into gold. It's not enough, in other words, just to spin straw and be beautiful. You have to be able to do something impossible. And the king, being very greedy, pounced on this opportunity, however improbable, and said, bring her to me. And if she can spin straw into gold, I'll marry her. Lucky her. But at any rate, this woman, this young woman, finds herself all alone in a tremendous pickle. Great big room full of straw, spinning wheel, damp, chilly castle. And she's about to spin it into gold by morning. And we know the feeling. And this is a fairy tale version of it, but picture times in your life when it's the night before the paper was due, or you had to do something impossible and completely against your nature to please your parents. And, you know, you don't have to rush to think of it right now, but there's something deeply familiar about this tale. And so, in the midst of her despair, this little man appears 
and says, I'll spin that straw into gold for you. And of course, we know how it goes from there. And, and he said, give me something valuable. And she gives a necklace. What does that mean? It means that moment when you decide that you have to think, think quick. You have to defend yourself. You have to sound smart or fancier than you are. You have to be uh, arty or write something or play something or do something. And you start thinking about what people might want instead of what you might authentically wish to say. You cover yourself. You cloak it with smartness of some kind. So the tale goes on. The king is pleased at this room full of gold. He has to do it again. And finally, he marries her. And the Rumpelstiltskin, this thinking part, comes back and says, okay, I'll keep doing it, but this time you give me your firstborn child. And what does that mean? Your creativity, perhaps, your native creativity, your authentic love. And we just keep learning how to think our feelings, how to protect ourselves. And I'm not telling you what your experience is, but there's something familiar about this tale. And finally, he gives her a choice. After she has a child, and he has a little compassion, you guess my true name. And she sends out a messenger, and finally knows this part for what it truly is. Rumpelstiltskin. And it's intriguing to discover that it's a weird German name that means to shake the ridge pole. And the Buddha, when he saw through how we make a self, how we create the self that we so reflexively defend against pain and suffering, he said, Mara, I see you. I see the ridgepole is broken. You will not build this house again. Nothing to defend. So I'm not trying to bewilder you or lead you down a path except to see before we sit that what we're invited to do. We talked in recent weeks about how the deepest meaning of sila or morality or ethics in Buddhism means to come into harmony. What this can mean is to come into a state where we can welcome and see every part for what it is. We work so hard to defend and protect and to cover and to do. And we're not trying to punish or any of that or criticize it, just the opposite. We're invited to see with a spirit of kindness and forgiveness to ourselves. And even a deep kind of appreciation. I've worked so hard to be good, to fit in, to achieve. And under this is a real wish 
to participate, to love and be loved. But now, in the space of this practice, I'm going to learn to let go, to let be, to see this tendency to be so vigilant, to think, to plot, to protect, to cover, to be preemptively defensive or surrendering, whatever, to see how we are in every part. Maybe you don't have a rumpelstilt skin like I do. Maybe it's something else. But to see and let be, to welcome and to begin to discern and experience that there is also an aliveness here inside you, a presence that can be with all of this and yet not be captive, not be identified, that can be free. There is a light, a warmth, and aliveness here, right here, within us and among us, that can nourish and sustain us as we let things take their proper place, as we learn to settle down and open up. And there is this great yearning to be more alive, to be more free, to transcend. And we discover the paradoxes. We, we find it as we sink down into the body, into sensation, as we let straw be straw. In a way, we're doing just the opposite of spinning cold as we dare to make space to let ourselves be just like this. And for those of you who read my little dispatches, I, I sent a quote from the poet Gary Snyder and and I remember Allen Ginsberg, or the Allen Ginsberg character in Dharma Bums, described him as wild. This guy was so wild. And remember as we go to sit that the essence of his wildness was that he entered the body and he became very, very local, very local. He was here, he was in his body, he was on the trail. He was, if he was here, he would be in his chair. And that is where our native wildness, our natural goodness is to be found. So let's practice together. Let's sit for 20 minutes and then we can have an exchange. and take a comfortable seat. I say comfortable seat, and that means a lot to me, and I hope it does to you. It means bring welcome to yourself. So sit up straight, as straight as you comfortably can, so you can have a complete experience, body, heart, and mind, but do so with an attitude of intentional kindness towards yourself. Welcome, welcome, and notice how you are today, how the 
and that that's not an invitation to think about it, but just feel it. If there's tension in the body, and if so, you can let the attention go to that place. And without doing anything about it, just let it attend. Noticing that just attending can soften us. Notice how it feels to let yourself settle. Just sink into sensation. Noticing feet on the floor, hands on the lap. weight of the body. And the rhythm of the breath. And notice that thinking may happen. Even patterns of energy from earlier in the day. A momentum of movement or thought. Just let everything happen. And when you notice that you're getting hooked in a thought or a pattern, just gently come back again to the sensation of being present in this body, breathing. And notice that when you settle down into the body, you also open to an aliveness, a, a presence that's different than thinking or vigilance. It's soft. It's an awareness that's innately accepting. And not striving. And notice that sometimes whole characters can appear that are spinning arguments or explanations or defenses. 
seeing that everything that appears was an effort to protect you, defend you, help you. And come back to the body. yourself rest in presence. In a stillness that doesn't mean silence, but softness. Not resisting. And notice how it feels to be completely accepted and acceptable. Notice that there is an awareness in you that comes from body, from feeling, not just from the head. And that its nature is compassionate. And notice that it's the nature of this ambient awareness to support, to nourish, to just be with you, receiving you. part with kindness.
And when you get lost in thinking, see that as completely natural and just come home to the body. Sink down. Let go of striving. And just be. Noticing that there is a light of awareness, a presence that's vast here, now. Notice how it feels to be open, to be curious without insisting, without pushing for a conclusion. Notice that each time you begin again, you are welcome. You are received by an awareness that's kind, open. Notice how it feels to let everything be touched by kindness, sorrow, anger, thinking. Just settling down. 
noticing how it feels to have nothing be judged, corrected, admonished. Everything welcome. Everything human, understandable, worthy of love. No matter what kind of tangle you find yourself in, or dream, or state, notice how it feels to let that be touched by an awareness that finds it completely acceptable, understandable, lovable.
notice how it feels to just give up, to just give yourself to a light of awareness that's soft, kind, supportive. Just let yourself be. Thank you so much for your practice and your moments of presence and willingness to open. And um, now it would be wonderful if uh, you have comments or questions about this practice to share with the rest of us. And please feel free to speak. You don't have to raise your hand. It's uh, interesting to really practice with the truth that this is a practice for making space, for letting go of striving in the usual sense, for letting ourselves just be strong, not gold. Letting go of all that feverish effort to sound better or be better than we think we are. And it can feel so quietly daring at first even if it, it's something no one can see outside, to give up this endless project of covering ourselves or guilting ourselves somehow. But to just be like this,
Okay, so Tracy, I'm going to practice what you're saying, um, which is I want to hide and, and pretend like I get it, but I don't get fully when you talked about Rumpelstiltskin, you'd said, um, well, maybe the rest of us don't have a Rumpelstiltskin, but you do. And I actually want you to explain that a little bit better. Okay. Because my brain isn't understanding it, not even my heart. I'm not getting it. Okay. So I'm admitting that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. And um, for me, it was a way, however unskillful or skillful, to um, portray that many of us have different ways of uh, Rumpelstiltskin was feverishly spinning straw into gold. It's like the thinking part that wants to sound good or, or appear to be together and uh, or unheard or uh, clever or smart. So it's like the thinking takes over for the feeling. Our thinking, scheming, and I, I'm not saying that there's anything unnatural about that. This is what we do. Part of ourself steps in to protect us, to defend us, to make us look good, or you know, a kind of preemptively often. And so, so we're thinking, and, and I know you can relate to this, if not that fairy tale creature. We're so busy thinking that we lose touch with our feeling. Or how it, even in the most basic sense, how it feels to be here. But there is under it, like, oh, now I don't want to appear to be straw. That's too plain, too ordinary. Or you could say, I don't want to show that I'm hurt or confused. So I'm going to say something else that seems smarter or shinier. So what I was suggesting in the story is what it, would it be like if we begin to understand that the practice, just like the fairy tale, is about calling things by their true names. In other words, this is me. Here I go thinking. And I'm thinking of how to uh, present this or cover this. And we just see that, not with judgment, not with banishment, but just see it, thinking, thinking, thinking. Does that help? So we're beginning to, as we go, our practice is getting wider and more open. So we can include not just, you know, individual thoughts, but sometimes whole patterns, whole, whole little people that can pop up. It can feel sometimes. Yes, that does help. It's, it's, it's the confusion stuff for me oftentimes. So that really does help to admit, you know, with that vulnerability, I don't get this or whatever. And um, being able to just, it's, a, it's more authentic to just say, can you share a little more about your thinking of this or what you were trying to say instead of trying to work it in my head? Yeah. Yeah. So that is helpful. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did, because if you're just trying to work it out in your head, that's a little like Rumpelstiltskin, like, I'm not going to say anything, because I might be the only person who doesn't get this or doesn't like it, and I'll just make something out of it, or not. So, yeah, so thank you. Appreciate
important that we speak and that you be free, all of you, to say, I don't get it, or that was boring, or what, you know, I mean, I'm not inviting you to attack me, but to the wish and the hope and the promise of this practice is that we can begin, um, even on Zoom, this is what's so amazing, I wish to open my heart and share something real. And so that gives you also permission to open your heart, even if you choose not to speak, to, and so that we can have a different kind of connection than we often have in life as we go about our work and our even our relationships. And that it's a connection based on a wish to be more whole, more completely present. Body, heart, and mind. And uh, less covered or less having the thinking, covering the feeling, so on. Tracy, this is Sherry. And I just wanted to say how you started by speaking of literature. And I spent this um, cold winter day um, reading Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And um, I was thinking about how the author pays such close attention to human nature and how people respond to each other. And so I connect it to um, that observation, to the observations that I was reading today and what we're saying here tonight. So that's, uh, that's on my mind. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Sherry. And it's beautiful. Not only is that always a wonderful choice of something to read, Pride and Prejudice, but that there's something in all of us here, even if that's not your cup of tea or Rumpelstiltskinism, there's something in us that longs for, for that kind of exchange, that kind of observation and inside ourselves and among ourselves. We wish to be whole. And we wish to share something of that, of how it feels to be alive. We begin to discover that this isn't a practice for being happy. It's a practice for opening to our experience, to being able to touch it and witness it in a new way, with a new kind of awareness. And then we make the discovery that then happiness almost appears at moments accidentally when we do that kind of joy, the joy of our life opening. And I've already thrown a fairy tale at you, but so not to just, what, what, what the heck, I'll throw this into. There's this image in Buddhism of beautiful image of a lotus coming up from the mud, they all grow in the mud. Up comes the lotus and it opens and Kwan Yin, goddess of compassion, is inside. And in a certain way, when we sit, that's what happens. And there all this there can be mock and mire and pain and confusion, obscurity. I don't get this or I'm sad. And if we touch it with this awareness, sometimes it opens and we discover within our own capacity, our own Kuan Yin, 
to be with our life, to be with the whole of our human experience in this way that transforms it, not by changing outer circumstances, but by welcoming us to see that we're completely welcome to be here fully like this. There's something in us that yearns to be seen as a Zulu greeting, the highest thing they can say, I see you, to be fully seen and have that be completely okay, lovable, acceptable. Hi, Tracy. I'm sorry my video went out again. Uh, I have to look into that. During this meditation today, every time you said something just like that, I noticed my breathing became so much easier and full, and I was suddenly so aware of it and felt weightless. And then I would start with the thinking again here and there, and I keep telling myself, it's okay. <laughs> But then you'd say one of those words and I would feel the breathing soften again. I wasn't aware of that happening in previous meditations. I think I'm hoping that means I'm finally uh, growing a little bit more towards understanding this. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. That's beautiful. And it's like if we were in person, maybe we would be still and you would have that experience, but it's a way for us to be together. What we're doing, remember the sati, the word for mindfulness means to remember, to remember that this is something within you. It's not something that's coming from outside. And it's also outside among us, but within you and you're remembering it. Yeah, I'm shaking my head, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Thank you. And that, and it's also okay to not remember the th times when we're thinking and spinning off or I'm not getting it is also completely acceptable. And interesting. And what we, I thought that someone was speaking. Uh, Tracy, yeah, Tracy. thanks. Actually, I'd like to follow. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I'd like to follow up on that, on the remembering. Um, I'm a little bit what are we, Sati, what are we remembering? Um, you know, a really interesting way to think of recollection or remembering is um, recollect or remember that when we take a seat, we have straight back and we come back to the body sensation, to the feeling we're we're usually all the time in our heads spinning away. And when we sit, the body becomes present again. The feeling in the sense of our sense experience and also our emotions becomes present. And we can have an experience of being completely recollected, recollected, remembered all our parts present and and unified or kind of knit together because they're being seen by an awareness that includes every part. 
It's not completely in the head. So we're making space to return to ourselves, our own living experience, and we're creating a ground or an atmosphere that's patient and kind so that we can appear bit by bit by bit. Tracy? Yeah. This is um, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, I wanted to um, bring up a joyful um, feeling of today being with you in the Sangha. Um, this morning I took a walk in the Redwoods and um, it was a, um, a very a deep uh, sensational experience. There was no one there. It was early in the morning and it was pretty dark. And um, I could just feel all those giant redwoods around me. And um, I could feel the earth under my feet and um, smell the pine. And so it was a super sensational experience, but it almost felt like my own awareness was not just in me, it was going out and out to the trees and the trees were coming, you know, into me and, and um, so it was this really wonderful experience. And so this time sitting, this first time I spoke, um, sitting with a Sangha that I can't see, um, I don't know your names, um, I felt that same sensation. It, it was like all of you in the Sangha became this forest of redwoods. So um, it was a really joyful experience that I actually felt um, not just connected outward, but of course in the heart inward. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. That's so beautiful. And it's such a perfect note to close on. And everybody here is beaming. <laughs> because that's probably one of the finest compliments that any of us could receive. So you're surrounded by smiles yeah. right now that you created. So we'll, we'll take our seat and to conclude and, and um, put two hands in our heart space and just really building on what Kathy offered. We feel so much gratitude because we have no idea how we touch other people and what our presence may mean. And that we begin to know in this practice that our presence is greater than the little Rumpelstiltskins in our head or whatever, our fairy tales, our thinking, our pain, that there's a presence in us that's beautiful and bright. And we don't keep this for ourselves. We let it shine out to touch each other and to go out and out in every direction for the benefit, the welfare, and the healing of all beings everywhere, without exception. May all beings everywhere be safe and protected from harm. May all beings everywhere, including ourselves, know that we're completely acceptable and beautiful. Just like this. May all beings everywhere, without exception, know ease and opening. And may all beings everywhere, without exception, become completely enlightened, including ourselves. Mm -hmm.
Thank you. Thank you so much for your practice, for your beautiful presence, for showing up, for your donations. They're so generous and so appreciated. Thank you. And take good care of yourselves. And I look forward to being with you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.